As an American, there is no greater privilege and responsibility than choosing who will represent you and your family to determine the course of history, your lives, the economy, your health, your safety. On November 3rd, please choose to vote. To vote early or if you need an absentee or mail-in ballot, please visit vote.org. Your future self thanks you. This is Mouth Media Network, audio for business. Hi, my name is Jonathan Wall, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Abio Kitchen. We make pro-quality kitchenware for the home, and we sell it at an accessible price. What I love about retail is the opportunity to put products in people's homes that improve their lives every single day. From New York City, you're listening to Retail Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the retail industry. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show. I'm Mark Rako, one of your hosts. I say one of your hosts because there's more than one host, and the other one is Rebecca Fitz. Hi, Rebecca. Hello, Mark. Hi. Uh, so what did you uh, make in your kitchen today? <laughs> Since we're hanging out in our home still. Exactly. Uh, well, do you know what's interesting? I, I did not do a lot of cooking today, but uh, I have been fighting a little bit of the COVID pounds myself, so I've been doing some... <laughs> <laughs> Have you been fighting them or inviting them? I, well, well, unfortunately. Um, so I did a lot of food prepping last night. Um, and so I spent a lot of time in the kitchen um, and made egg cups and a great farro salad. Oh, cool. um, so, yes, we, we are spending a lot of time in our kitchens. That is for sure. Excellent. Well, uh, that's great. I uh, I understand about the COVID whatever number of pounds, <laughs> you know. and uh, I totally get it. Uh, my my uh, my guilty pleasure has been, uh, and I had one today actually, is a, a peanut butter and marmalade sandwich on multigrain oh. bread, bread. But here's the key: you have to put some sort of chip in with it. Like my favorite has been these very very hot potato chips, like very peppery or spicy red hot potato chips. You throw those in with the peanut butter and marmalade. It doesn't seem like it would go, but there's something about that. The sweetness of the marmalade, the saltiness of the peanut butter, and then some nice pepper spice, and it's just delicious. I have to tell you. So, and then I have Sounds a amazing. You got the sweet and the savory in there. Yep. I gotta love it. Uh-oh. And then, if, if you really want to dive in, you then you have a hot chip chaser. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> you know, just a the finisher. So anyway, uh, that may have contributed to a number of the COVID pounds. I'm not sure. Um, but we also have to, it's, I'll never be able to think of hot potato chips again without thinking of the pandemic. <laughs> Needless to say, with all of us, most of us uh, resigning ourselves even now to the comfort and safety of our homes, uh, every space in our home has been important to evaluate how it's it's accommodating us. And one of the places we've all been spending a lot of time is our kitchens. So I imagine our guest has a lot of thoughts on that about how he's they, his business has been responding to that need and uh, upping the ante on some solid D to C action uh, on the retail and retail sphere. And so Jonathan, welcome to the show. We're really happy to have you here to kind of look at something a little different. 
in this episode. Thanks. Welcome. Glad to be here. Let's get to one of the elephants in the room, the pandemic, <laughs> just out of the way, because it seems to make its way just very understandably into almost every conversation that we have in one dynamic or another. Uh, so I have a two-pronged question to start for you, and you can either answer them together or separately. One is, how has the pandemic been f- from a business standpoint for you? Uh, has it been a deep challenge or has it been a um, an unexpected, just pure business opportunity for you that you found a way to respond to? And then the other part of the question, which may be related, is in whatever way you have responded to perhaps changing needs from consumers in this moment, how has that changed your marketing message or the way you've been interacting with customers given the nature of what's going on in people's lives now? Yeah, absolutely. Those are both great questions. Um, The answer to your first question is that unequivocally, this has presented us with a phenomenal opportunity that we couldn't have envisioned. Um, Our customer is primarily or historically was primarily someone who uh, was had a tangential interest in home cooking, but didn't necessarily know where to get started, both in terms of a skill from a skill standpoint and also from a product standpoint. Uh, since the onset of COVID, and you all may have had this experience as well, everyone is doing a lot more cooking and a lot more reevaluating as to whether or not the tools that they already have in their kitchen are any good and if they need to uh, potentially make an investment in that area. Absolutely. In, in terms of your second question, how it's changed the way uh, we interact with our customers, it actually has in kind of a funny way. Um, we, I'm just going to talk a little bit about customer service and support because it's one of the things that I'm really passionate about as it relates to helping people get better at cooking and also making choices about the things that they purchase on our website. Um, we historically only offered support over email, which I think is pretty standard for direct consumer brands. And Recently, we experimented with this idea of basically just putting a phone number up on the website and letting people call us, text us, do whatever they want. Um, The idea being that we want to meet our customers wherever they're most comfortable. And I have had some phenomenal conversations, both over text and phone calls with customers who I never expected to be interested in Avio. It's been really fun. Very, very intriguing. Uh, Can you unpack the company a little bit? Uh, What exactly do you do and how maybe has it changed since the day of its inception to the nature of it now in terms of its structure and offering? So uh, Abio is the the brainchild of my co-founder, who's actually my brother and myself. And it really goes back uh, all the way to our childhood where we we have been lifelong passionate home cooks, very much influenced by... Um, our house growing up and all of the home cooked meals that were on the table and all this time that we spent together as a family, both in the kitchen and in the dining room. And um, we set those experiences aside for a number of years as we went through high school and we went through college. And then after college, there was a period where Eric and I were living together and we were doing a lot of home cooking and a lot of hosting uh, of friends and families, something that we really like to do even to this day. Harder now with COVID, of course, but still something that we love. And we had this moment 
um, or series of moments where we were really frustrated with the low quality inexpensive cookware that we had uh, and started looking for better choices. And we're, I would say we're, we're competent home cooks. Um, and even for us, the world of cookware was extremely overwhelming and difficult to figure out what we should buy again, where to get it and how much to pay. And so that started us down this path of essentially spending two years distilling a highly, highly complex category of cookware uh, down into the five essential pieces for your home. So the biggest change for us to get back to your original question is starting with this notion that, okay, I might need uh, three different sizes of skillets and two different sizes of stock pots, and I need a Dutch oven, and I need a cast iron pan, and I need... Uh, a, another small nonstick and I need a butter warmer and I need all of these pans in my kitchen in order to have success. And that's just not true. Uh, as we talked to professional chefs, as we talked to other competent home cooks, and as we looked at our own habits and we really evaluated how we spent time in the kitchen and the tools that we were reaching for over and over again, we were able to take this highly complex, confusing world and distill it down into the five essential pieces that we sell today. Less really is more. I live in downtown Manhattan on the Lower East Side, and I'm sure my apartment is a former tenement um, where five families probably lived. But um, as much as you love to cook, you 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 know you just need certain things. If you have all of them, you won't have room for your yourself in your own apartment particularly in New York. Um, <laughs> you, uh, did the company really launch um, during COVID or was it prior to COVID? We launched in September of 2019 um, and COVID has accelerated the business significantly. We started doubling our sales month over month and have, again, very much benefited from this otherwise really unfortunate period in, in our history. Amazing. And to go back a little bit to the, um, it's always so interesting how people come up with ideas and, and how they come to life. Um, how, how deep was the research? Because you included yourself in kind of the customer data, um, but in talking to other sophisticated home chefs or just home chefs, I don't know if we have to say they're sophisticated. How, how deep was the data drive or were you like, we have something really cool here? Oh my gosh, I talked to over 100 people um, to understand their cooking habits and to get a sense for what are the things that they're using in their kitchen over and over again. And that was kind of on the, the, the amateur customer side. And then I also spoke to a number of professional chefs, um, mainly on the West Coast, but also all around the country and ask them for their opinion. I said, you know, when you're in your home kitchen, not in a professional restaurant space, what are the things that you reach for over and over again? And what do you think are the most essential pieces for a home cook? Then we took those two data points from the customer side or the potential customer side and the pro chef side, and we put them together and we used ourselves and our friends and family as guinea pigs and said, what would it be like to just cook with this? or to cook with this and this and this other thing? And do we need this other thing over here? And through that process of distillation and then sending pieces out to chefs for testing and then getting feedback and then doing another round of sampling, we were able to whittle it down to, to kind of where we ended up. Very cool, very cool. 
And um, I'm always curious about this, and I might be going uh, uh, diving a little deeper than we want to go, but we can always backtrack a little bit. Uh, so I, I know nothing, although I've gotten to be, I think, a decent cook. Um, one, I think, I don't know if you're married or not. When you get married, you realize you have to keep another human alive besides yourself. <laughs> so it's kind of like, oh, God, yeah. I really should get on this. Um, so that's where <laughs> my, my cooking drive came from. Um, but um, I have no idea where uh, I'm probably would be a good customer of yours, but kind of not. I have no idea except for some of the really highfalutin stuff. And even that, I'm giving myself too much credit where it was produced, where it came from, what makes it really good. Um, I'm, I'm actually probably the anti you because I'm like, oh, I'm making this and I think I need this special pan and I go out and get it. And then I want to throw it out the window when it's taking up too much space. So how did you all um, figure out where to go to to create your own product? Uh, don't be too hard on yourself, Rebecca, because I've been in your position many, many, many times in the past. I have hands are actually uh, flying out your window. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a little. It, it can be a little dicey uh, yes. at times. Uh, how did we? How did we figure it out? Well, I think the most important thing that we focused on was the raw materials. What is the underlying construction of the pan? And through the research process. Um, Sorry, I, I should take a step back and talk about the space a little bit overall, because I think that context is important. So the most common construction of cookware for home is aluminum, just stamped aluminum. Um, aluminum is very cheap. Uh, it's malleable and easy to form into cookware. Um, and it has decent heat conductivity properties, so you can transfer heat from your stove and cook your food. Um, unfortunately, aluminum has some drawbacks. It's not particularly durable, uh, especially when it's thin. Um, it is. It can react with certain types of food, especially acidic foods. Um, and it doesn't have the same heat retention properties that you get when you layer in other materials. So that's kind of one end of the spectrum. If you were to go to a big box retailer and shop for a 15 piece set for $99, inevitably you're probably buying a thin stamped aluminum pan with a plastic handle. Um, on the other end of the spectrum in terms of expense and accessibility, is some of the uh, the beautiful copper pieces that you might see in a model home in a magazine. And copper is a great conductor of heat um, and is a very good material to cook with, but it is exorbitantly expensive um, and it's not worth the expense for the performance for 99.999% of home cooks. So, with that context, what we did is tried to figure out what is the right material for the home cook? What is the right underlying construction? And the answer is something called triply, which is combining stainless steel and aluminum together to give yourself a material that's extremely durable, impossible to destroy, uh, great heat conductivity, meaning you get really good performance out of your pans. And finally, uh, available or manufacturable at a price point so that we can make it accessible to home cooks. 
So that was really our process. Amazing. And and by the way, it sounds like this was all really enjoyable for you guys, which I think is also um, key to wanting to to launch and and kick off a direct-to-consumer business. So um, amazing. Absolutely loved every moment of it and still do. Do you have you or are you planning any type of physical presence? We do not currently have a physical presence. I do not have any immediate plans for physical presence. Uh, I do have a dream though for a physical space that I hope will manifest itself at some point in the future. Um, that is a combination restaurant and cooking school. And I'll talk about that for a second. Um, I have, I, have you, have either of you ever been to like a Sir La Tabla or William Sonoma for uh, an in house demonstration before or cooking school? I have not. I am intrigued by it. I was invited to and cancel way, way, way before the pandemic um, to a cooking class at Italy, which I thought would be fun. But I will say this, I'm sure it was more about drinking wine and hanging out with the other people that were going to it than it was necessarily about the cooking, but intrigued, intrigued, intrigued. Uh, I've been to one of those as well, and I would say that is 70 to 80 percent right. Um, that's that's it's what that's what it's all about. If you're not having fun and drinking wine and enjoying your company while you're cooking, then there's no then what was the point? Right. Right. Good. Fair I'm enough. glad I'm not Fair off enough. Mark. Fair <laughs> enough. So I, I want to distill that and I want a space where we can teach people how to cook and do it in a really fun uh, social environment. I've been to, I've been fortunate enough to go to a number of cooking schools. Um, and I think that they tend to be more formal instruction and they tend to be geared towards uh, someone who is either looking for a profession in the culinary industry or a career in the culinary industry on one side of the spectrum. And then on the other side of the spectrum, there are like one-off learn how to cook a steak classes for the super amateur who just wants to do something fun with their significant other for one night. Um, I would love to have a space that's in between where you can go with friends and family and learn a new skill and learn how to cook, um, but do it with a glass of wine in your hand and really enjoy yourself and not have it be so formal like a, like a cooking school. Very cool. Um, and it seems like it lends itself, obviously not necessarily in the current environment, but cooking, being together, um, learning to, to kind of having a, a physical spot for it. I guess it leads to the other question. Not only do you um, offer the cookware, but it seems like you offer a lot of cooking advice. And I love that you talked at the, the top of the show about interacting with your consumer over uh, cooking. And I think that's probably um, one of the, I mean, with DTC brands and really any modern retailer now, uh, connecting with your consumer is so important. And it seems like you have a fantastic, um, platform for that, um, whether somebody just burnt something to the bottom of the pan <laughs> or yeah. uh, you know, they just made the greatest thing on earth. Yeah. So I'd love to hear a little more about that. Uh, yeah, the, the, the platform, um, our website and our digital presence is really twofold. It's the product itself, 
for sale, as is, as is the case in any business. Um, but that's almost the easy part because if you have the right tools and they really are just tools, then you can cook just about anything if you have the experience or a tutorial or some other guidance to learn how to do it. Uh, so I think that uh, it's important for us to emphasize less buy, 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 buy cookware and more here are all of the wonderful things that you can create at home with your friends and family with Avio cookware. And so we've been really focused on the content around that and the things that we can do to inspire people to get in the kitchen and cook potentially for the first time. Hey everybody, Parsons Executive Education is pleased to invite all Mouth Media listeners to the luxury redefined virtual event on September 30th, 2020. In this virtual luxury redefined event, industry experts join the Parsons faculty to explore bold new ideas that connect luxury to current economic, consumer behavior, and societal needs. This half-day virtual event includes a keynote, masterclasses, and panel discussions designed to challenge this conventional notion of luxury and fuel new parameters to define luxury. For a limited time, Parsons Executive Education is extending all Mouth Media listeners a special discount by using the code MOUTHMEDIA underscore Parsons at checkout. That's M-O-U-T-H-M-E-D-I-A underscore Parsons at checkout. For more information or to register, please visit execed.newschool.edu forward slash collections forward slash luxury dash re dash defined. Let's uh, switch it up a little bit here, Jonathan. I, I want to talk about customer acquisition. You know, you, we're talking a little about consumer mm -hmm. experience. We're talking about offerings. Uh, we're talking about, you know, online versus physical space. But how do you actually acquire your customers? Is there just a need and you jump in the way of that need, if you will? Or are you are you starting a new conversation for people to go, Hey, I hadn't thought about it like that. I guess I do need to do it this way. And clearly you're the best solution. How are you mm -hmm. addressing that? And how is that? How, how did you, how have you engineered acquisition of customers? The answer is definitely both. Uh, COVID has certainly, again, accelerated the number of people who come to us organically, realizing that their own home solution or their, their current cookware setup is inferior or is not getting them the results that they want. Um, and so that is, it's, it, that's uh, simpler for us to reinforce why Avio is the best option for them um, and to, to get them into our, into our family. Um, on, the, on the other side, on the acquisition side, I think, uh, or my, our experience has been that cookware is very much, cookware decisions and cookware purchases are first and foremost driven by meaningful life events. And this is independent of COVID. So it's that time at which you're moving into your first apartment out of college. Uh, maybe you're moving in with a significant other. Maybe you're getting married and you have a wedding registry. Maybe you've bought your first home. There's all these moments where 
people think about what does my kitchen look like and what does my cookware look like? So we've, we've tried to be there at those moments for those customers uh, front of mind. And then on, and then once the customer is kind of uh, familiar with Obvio and in the ecosystem, then it's all just about supporting them. It's about providing them with the education uh, and providing them with, uh, with the, uh, what's the, what's the right word I'm looking for? Um, giving, giving customers the confidence to actually get in the kitchen and try some of the things that we're demonstrating for themselves, which is the content piece that we talked about a little bit earlier. And how are you, just to take it another step or, uh, you know, further, because I think this is really something, um, D2Cs that have been around a little longer than you, certainly um, right as we went into COVID, a little before that, we're really beginning to struggle with how do we get uh, more customers? Um, you know, we've got some brand awareness um, and it uh, is getting increasingly expensive, you know, via Facebook, via mm -hmm. Instagram, via some of these things. Um or is it you go out and have a physical space, uh, you know, something you, you talked about, which also is a great way to acquire customers or, or was it something else? And I, I, you know, I don't know if there are any real secrets here, but um, certainly this is something that um, if you're part of a direct to consumer brand, you're, you're thinking about every second of every day, I think. Absolutely. Um, and it's interesting that you brought up that point too. Uh, I've been involved with a couple of other DTC companies uh, in the past and have watched Instagram and Facebook first become the, the foremost platforms for acquiring new customers and then become prohibitively expensive for new emerging brands in order to be able to establish their presence. That was not the path that we chose. Um, we've we've started in those channels much more recently, but for us, the most important thing was being recognized as having the best possible product for the home cook. So what we emphasized was getting cookware in the hands of all of the people out there who are writing, talking about cookware and influencing customers' purchase behaviors. I think the biggest testament to our success in that regard is if you just simply go to Google and search for Avio and see what the front page looks like. Yeah, and I spent some time on your site. It's funny, in the first part of my life, um, I was a, a PR person on the retail side. And right as I was getting out of it, PR was really churning over to that the social media side. And really, there wasn't a role for you unless you really wanted to kind of dip your feet into it. And I don't want to say, you know, everything that is old is new again, but oh, yeah. um, <laughs> some lovely traditional public relation routes to first immerse yourself, obviously, where people who were buying cookware or you thought were buying cookware or were interested in cooking, we're going and reading about things. But, um, you know, the fact that you kind of reverse engineered it as opposed to going the, the front way um, is interesting. And then it, it was very successful. So there's, I think, a, a golden kernel of corn there for sure. Yeah, to add to your point too, uh, a big thing that's been important for us as the media landscape has changed is affiliate. Um, 
I, I, you know, now every major publication has an e-com writer or, or even an e-com team. And so, whereas before um, you maybe were fighting for uh, a feature article on the front page of fill in the blank of whatever publication, uh, now you have the ability to be included much more frequently if you can offer the publisher financial compensation for doing so. And the industry has really moved in that direction. It has, and as certainly, I don't, I don't want to date myself, but when I was um, leaving, it was like, and this has never really actually existed, but you used to say as a publicist, you know, church and state, you know, just because I'm not taking an ad in your magazine doesn't mean you shouldn't write about me. Um, I think, you know, knowing enough writers behind closed doors, they were like, I'm going to have to write about Ralph Lauren a little bit in this article because, you know, he's taken seven ads in the, the yeah. magazine. Um, and I, I hope it's not a secret to folks out there who are working in D2C that this is this is how the world is working. And so um, and I don't think it's talked about actually really that much. So it's nice to, um, you know, hear it kind of just said out loud and that this is kind of. <laughs> Uh, you know where the world is going. It, to me, it doesn't make any, any editorial any less. Um, really, you know, if you, certainly if you're liking what they're putting in the roundup. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. And uh, at least the individuals that we've worked with have been genuine advocates of uh, Obio products. Um, you know, no one writes about Obio without cooking with it. And when they do and they have a phenomenal experience and they want to say something nice about us, then that's great. Right. Um, this question comes up um, all the time, but I think it, it's, you know, worth talking about and I'm sure we can do it in a, a, a nice way. Um, there's rarely a category where there aren't some competitors. It's interesting um, because certainly some other folks kind of um, came onto the scene. I don't know because I'm not cooking as much as I probably should be, mm -hmm. when or where they came on um, and where you kind of live in that ecosystem. I think I know from this conversation what differentiates you, but, um, you know, any any words of wisdom about the category? And I think it's actually probably a good thing there, there are other folks in the category. Yeah, it definitely uh, it, it definitely solidifies the fact that there is demand for the product category. Um, and I guess my comment about competitors in the space is that if you go to Amazon and you search for cookware, you will get over 10,000 results. Uh, this is a product category that absolutely existed before the advent of direct-to-consumer. Um, and it is full of product. And Obvio's place in that world is to distill an ex the highly, highly, highly confusing product category down to the core essentials that you need for your home kitchen. I don't believe that the other brands in the space are doing that. There are different strategies, but our strategy is very much that less is more, particularly when it comes to quality kitchenware. Interesting. How are you? Um, all right. So if you look at a car commercial, there's a couple of things that happen. One is, is it gets all sexy and they sell sex. <laughs> yeah. And, and then the other thing that happens is they, they show you what it's like or feel what it feels like to drive the car. They're trying to, excuse yeah. the pun, uh, they use the words, but trying to drive that point home. Um, if, uh, if you uh, look at a clothing commercial, 
first they sell socks, but the other thing that happens is, is they show the, the comfort that you have or the relaxation that you have or the family time that you have or whatever it is or, or whatever, you know, whatever activity is associated or you're more successful or whatever. So how are you thinking about being able to demonstrate to people by having this in your home? This is what you're going to be able to produce out of it. I mean, I know you talked a little bit about cooking demonstrations or whatever like that, but how are you like connecting that to say, just using these pieces, here's what you can accomplish. That's amazing. Here's how this can elevate your life as a cook, because a lot of times I think probably the people, the reason people would buy something from you is because basically what you're communicating is not just this is all you need, simplify your life, but this stuff is so good you can go to another level of cooking even with just these pieces. So there's that dual message there, I perceive. Yeah. So I get the this is all you need, simplify your life. Mm-hmm. You've engineered your cooking experience so you don't need all this other stuff and you can have it more thoughtful. But how do you make that next jump into the taking that experience and showing so like if you go to a fair like a festival and there's a cooking demonstration with someone who's selling pans what they basically show you is in this pan watch this boop 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 you made this taste it isn't it amazing you can do that too if you buy this pan so how how do you in a virtual environment make them taste and smell that food and experience that food so that they say, my gosh, I want that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So it's an interesting metaphor that you mentioned a bit earlier around like clothing or cars. I'll talk about clothing specifically because when a fashion company, for example, shows you a picture of a model wearing uh, some new garment, in order for you to look and feel like maybe that model feels in the photo, all you have to do is buy the garment and put it on and you're done, right? Like, no, that's it. <laughs> but when, when you buy cookware, unfortunately, the Michelin star meal doesn't just magically appear in front of you with the cookware when it shows up in the mail. And so your question is, how do you get from point A to point B? And it's an absolutely phenomenal question. And I think that the most important part of it or the most important thing that we can do is make the prospect of home cooking less intimidating. Uh, As a result of all of the highly overstylized imagery that we now see across media, and again, I don't mean to make this an Instagram bash session, but that's certainly one uh, one of the prime culprits. Uh, Most home cooks reaction is, oh my gosh, that looks really complicated. There's no way I could ever make that. I'm not even going to try. And that is the exact opposite reaction that we want people to have when they get their Abio cookware. So let's just take one of the series that we're doing right now as an example. Uh, It's called Ready for Seconds. It's with an amazing chef up in Seattle by the name of Joel Gameron. And the premise is what are a really delicious home-cooked meals that you can make in under 15 minutes with the ingredients that you probably already have in your pantry and in your kitchen. And so it's that type of content that is, it's, it's accessible, 
easy, simple, fast cooking that's going to get you the results to give you the confidence to go try the more complicated things. And then maybe, maybe someday you'll go back and post your creation on Instagram for other people. That's really great. Particularly in the D2C world, you have this uh, very cool core product um, and your, your point of being is to make things really simple. Um, and so in getting return customers without sending, selling me something really wacky, like an egg beater or something, which I'm relieved <laughs> you're not trying to sell me. Nope. Um, you know, exactly. I, I don't even know if they make those anymore. I just had a vision of it in my mind. And I was like, that's something I don't need in my kitchen. Um, you know, kind of where do you go from here? Or what can um, customers expect next, but still keeping it simple? Because, they're, you know, you can see they're almost at odds with each other. I am a gold medalist shopper. So if you did want to sell me an egg beater, it might actually go down. But that's that's not your... That's not your bread and butter. That's not the core of um, do, what the company is. Do it, Jonathan. She's going to buy. <laughs> well, well, I assure you that there is a there's an almost infinite number of worthless kitchen gadgets that we could potentially come up with, and uh, and I also assure you that we won't be releasing any of them. The good news for us, from a business perspective, is that your kitchen is a very, very, very extensive opportunity for core products that you touch, use, and will benefit from every single day beyond your cookware. We started with cookware because we thought or we think that that is the most essential element uh, to get started. You can't do anything if you don't have high quality cookware. But from there, there are many, many, many other possibilities. Excellent. I knew it was somewhere in there. Um, yeah. No, it's it's um it's super cool and it does um it really makes you think about um about what I have in my kitchen drawers personally that's what it makes me think about. <laughs> I think about the really great kitchen gadgets that we have that aren't like silly. I saw a two in the morning on QVC and went crazy, but like legitimately really great stuff. And when you have someone that's skilled in the kitchen, they a lot of times won't use that stuff. They just know how to do it without it. And, so, so true. You know, but uh, well, anyway, um, it seems like a great moment to pause. When we come back, it's going to be a little less about Abio, a lot more about Jonathan as we get into some personal questions and explore the human side right after this. Hey, Dresden, do you like to laugh? Oh, Mark, heartily, heartily. Elsie, do you like comedy? Yeah. <laughs> I like to laugh at Elsie. I know. Me too. <laughs> well, you can listen to funny people talking every week. It's a podcast, and we talk about humor and comedy. And honestly, we can barely get through a commercial. But I promise you'll have a good time here. And we talk to amazing people, comedians, business amazing. leaders, inspiring people about their lives and about humor. About comedy, we play improv games. Babble. We babble. We talk. Uh, you'll be inspired and you'll laugh. <laughs> that's why he has a co-host. We have. <laughs> that's right. We have great food, celebrity stories, and we always play an improv game. So come on by. You'll have a great time. Funny people talking wherever the best podcasts are found. Uh -huh. 
All right, Jonathan. Um, I'm gonna leave this one off, Rebecca. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna save you and give you a minute to think of a question if you don't have one yet. I, I all right, have, all right. I have got one. Right off my head. All right, Jonathan. I don't know how much of a cook you are yourself. Maybe in a, you know, I, I know you said there's a love of cooking in your family, so maybe you've had a little experience. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a challenge. Okay, I'm ready. So you you're only allowed three ingredients. They can be any three reasonably obtained ingredients. Like you can't have like a mushroom that only grows on the south side of the Himalayas. But, you know, you, you, things people could get. You can choose any three ingredients, but you're only allowed three. But you have to make something using the Abio. Yeah. That will stun people. Oh. Oh, beautiful question. I love that. How about how about rice, chicken stock, and sharp cheese? What am I making? Rice, chicken stock, and sharp cheese. I'll say um, Parmesan to be more specific. Are, are, hmm. are you making a? Are you yeah. making? What did you say? Risotto. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say, are you, are you making basically a risotto macaroni and cheese? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, if if you gave me the choice, I'd love a few other things in there, like maybe some green, some some herbs, and some salt and some pepper, uh, some olive oil, some butter. But I but I could do it. It could be done with cheese, rice, and chicken stock, and it would be delicious. Well done, sir. I mean, well, I, I, mean, I thought for sure butter was going to have to be one of the core ingredients, <laughs> but now we know. <laughs> well, butter does make everything taste better, so that would exactly, really help. Exactly. <laughs> well, if we didn't say that during this show, then we're never going to say it at all. Um, well, I I have a question, and it it's a little well, it's about you for sure. Um, it, it happens to be the U.S. Open, and it always comes up, oh, what about, you know, when uh, Venus and Serena played each other and how difficult that must have been as siblings, and they seem like siblings that really <laughs> like each other. Oh, I know where um, this is so, going. Oh, I do too. <laughs> your, your, your partner is your sibling, and uh, by the way, I have two who I, I love uh, dearly. I'm not sure I could be business partners with either one of them without, you know, something happening, but... Um, how talk to us a little bit about um one how you became partners which i think we know and 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 how does it work are there are there rifts are, are there not are they do you have a um you know how do you work things out or do they not need to be worked out we have an amazing relationship and i consider eric to be my best friend above anything else and we've carved out responsibilities for each other uh, for ourselves so that we always, again, as brothers, have an opinion about each other's areas of the business, but ultimately defer to one another so that we can uh, get along and continue to prosper. I like the accent that you put on opinion. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I understand. I actually worked with my brother very closely for more than a decade. And, you know, one of the things, and I'll bet, I bet you'll agree with this, Jonathan, a lot of times it's about one plus one equals three. How can you each fill, you know, it makes me think of the movie Rocky. I don't know if you ever saw it, but there's an For important sure. line in it where Rocky says to Adrian, his girlfriend and then wife, he says basically something, I paraphrase, like, 
you got gaps, I got gaps, together we fill each other's gaps. And I love that idea of like you and your from family or not, you're from the same stock, and so therefore you have similar sensibilities often, but you are your own people, so you approach things through a little different lens. So you may fill in some parts and your brother your your sibling fills in the other parts. And if you do it right. Maybe it's good cop, bad cop, and maybe it's logistics versus creative, whatever it is. And the sum of the one plus one equals three. And that's when really great family working dynamics go well. Totally agree. Yeah, I work for two founders who definitely have um, two different lanes. And very much, by the way, I'm never going to be able to say this word again. They do very frequently have opinions about what the other <laughs> the other responsibilities are. Um, but yeah. they one of the things that I think makes them a really great team is that um, they get their opinions out and then they defer to the person of where that right. responsibility really falls. And that's really where where it begins and ends. But that's um, right. no, that that's lovely. And um, you know, siblings really. Uh, formulate who you are as a human being in the world in many ways. So it's lovely that you get to, you know, spend so much time with, with your brother. Very nice. uh, Jonathan, how can people connect with you and the brand? Uh, Best way to connect with me personally is good old fashioned email. I'm Jonathan at abiokitchen.com. That's J O N A T H A N at A B B I O kitchen.com. No spaces, no periods. And why would someone reach out to you directly in all from a business standpoint? What would be the, who, who would find use in doing that? We're always looking for partners, uh, marketplace partners, chef partners, restaurant partners, uh, potential future uh, investors and advisors. Anyone is welcome to reach out. Jonathan Wall from Avio Kitchens. Uh, what a really interesting and different conversation for us. I'm really excited about what you guys have carved up. Get that carved up in this space. Pun intended. Sorry, sorry Rebecca. <laughs> you have to see Rebecca's face. She just kind of looked away like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was a suitable reaction, though. So, uh, Anyway, we're very excited about what you guys have done. And I look forward to seeing lots more. And, by the way, not for nothing, but maybe tasting your risotto someday. I hope to share it with you. Let's make it happen post-COVID. All right. Well, that's it for this great episode. Thank you so much, Jonathan. The best of luck. Uh, and thanks to all of you for listening. We really do appreciate it. And I hope that maybe you'll be inspired to go make something pretty yummy in the kitchen later today. But uh, until next time, uh, for Rebecca Fitz. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, everybody. I'm Mark Rako. Have a wonderful and delicious day, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been Retail Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2020. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, audio for business.